Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. This is the Commonwealth Club of California. I'm Ann Clark, a member of the Commonwealth Club and chair of the Environment and Natural Resources member-led forum. Our program tonight is City College of San Francisco, Engineering, Architecture, Technology, and the Environment with Keith Mueller, Department Chair, Engineering, CCSF, and John Rizzo, Board of Trustees, CCSF. And now I'm happy to introduce you to John. He will be our first speaker, and let's give him a big round of applause. Thank you. So my my talk is called Rebuilding a Campus for Climate Reality, and um, it, it has to do with... Um, um, not just one campus, but uh, all our campuses. Um, this is City College. This is a map of San Francisco, and um, we have these buildings all over the city. We're in Chinatown. Um, we're at Fort Mason. We're at the airport. We're in the southeast uh, Bayview area, and um, we're most known for our ocean campus site uh right in the middle of the map there. Um, but this is just to give you a feel of what City College is. And we have a lot of buildings, and we have a lot of old buildings, some very old. Our oldest building is over 100 years old. Uh, many of these buildings are uh, past their useful lifetime, life uh, expectancy, I should say, um, need earthquake retrofitting, and need updating for classrooms, um, to modernize the classrooms. So what we are doing is putting a bond measure on the ballot for March. Um, $845 million facilities bond measure uh, in March 2020. Um, the need from a, few, a, a pure facilities uh, standpoint is there. Um, we need to make sure our buildings are safe, um, um, equitable, sustainable, and efficient. Um, we have uh, failing infrastructure. Um, we're constantly fixing. Things are breaking down. Um, roofs are leaking. Um, our buildings need seismic retrofitting. Um, they're very old. Um, and we need to upgrade our classrooms um, to better prepare students um, for the jobs that they want in science and technology and in other areas in business, construction, um, and all kinds of things. But with a project list of this size, we have also the opportunity um, to really change the way our facilities are. We, we, we have an opportunity to make it green, to to build our facilities in the reality of climate change, to, to make them climate resilient, and also to make them lessen the impact on climate change. So um, uh, we're doing this by uh, making our buildings more sustainable, um, through, mostly through energy-efficient uh, measures and using LEED standards, um, but we're also looking at water conservation and also redesigning the campus itself, the main campus itself, to encourage um, alternate transportation modes, to make it easier to get into campus, to make it easier to get in between the buildings. And we'll, we'll look at that in a minute. Um, so what is sustainability in a bond project? So what we're um, doing... Um, is we're stating that all our buildings, um, our renovated buildings and our new buildings, will be lead silver minimum, but we are trying to attain higher lead standards. Leads is the if you, if you don't know is the uh, is a national uh, green building standard. It's the it's the standard green building standard uh, that is uh, used across the country, and they're rated. Um, uh, lead silver gold platinum and um, so we have uh, a couple of lead buildings already on campus from the last round of projects um, but we're aiming higher here um, so uh, we're looking at 
um, kind of the totality of our campus and how it operates as well. Um, um, so reduction of greenhouse gas emissions uh, is is a key feature that we're looking at um, through, uh, you know, lighting systems and um, energy-efficient heating systems. Um, we're also um, embedding the concept of sustainability in all of our documents um, that have to do with the college. Um, so um, the owner's project requirements, criteria documents, which were the documents we prepare to send out to contractors when they build them, um, our, our design standards, our requests for proposals, our design-build contracts, those are the contracts for the actual architects and builders, um, they all have sustainability baked into them, or they will. Um, we're also collaborating with Muni and BART um, uh, to try to make uh, – to reduce emissions, to get people out of their cars, to make it easier for them to ride Muni and Bart uh, to City College. Um, so we are also uh, embedding um, sustainability, not just in our construction documents and our construction plans, but in, in, all, in our college-wide plans. We have a facilities master plan. Um, where sustainability is a key directive. We have a sustainability plan that we're, we're hoping to update. It's about 10 years old now, but we are um, looking towards a sustainability plan to guide us in this round. Um, we have, this is new, an integrated energy master plan where we studied all the buildings to look at uh, how, <clears throat> how much energy they use and, and how we can um, use less energy. For the first time, we are creating design standards for City College. So design standards is something we haven't done before, but um, builders and, and architects will build our buildings according to these standards so that we can use the same standard parts in multiple buildings. So we don't have specialty parts, a specialty you know, green window shade that automatically uh, goes up and down, and we have those in in Chinatown, but we want to use the same part in all the buildings so um, that 's the kind of thing we 're um, developing right now and even our education master plan, which is a required uh, plan for colleges to do every year um, in the last update, we included sustainability goals and sustainability measures so um, we're, we're trying to green the college through and through from top to bottom. Um, these are the uh, planning principles of our facilities master plan, which is the plan. Uh, it's like a 10-year, it's more like a 15-year, 20-year plan for um, the ocean campus. And you can see uh, it's uh, – I'll read some of these off. Student-centered, uh, there's a sense of community, consistent quality – for every project, dynamic hubs, build, building dynamic hubs for, um, for people to gather and, and for uses, alternative transportation, um, optimized space, and then in here is sustainable and resilient. And um, this was not originally in our first uh, draft of our facilities master plan, but uh, some of us on the board um, thought that it should be, and this that was the beginning. Um, so this is this is the language uh, of the actual um, from from the facilities master plan, the the actual sustainable and resilient design goal, and you can see it's it's to strive to achieve net uh, zero net energy use across the campus and to be resilient to climate change. So that is baked in. Um, so in this um, next round of, of projects, we want all the projects to take this into consideration, to optimize energy performance. That's a number one. Um, 
thermal comfort. We, we, we want to use new technologies to cool and heat buildings um, that are more energy efficient, but we also want people to be comfortable. We don't want it to be too hot or too cold. Um, so that is a, a um, that is a key uh, goal. Stormwater management, um, keeping keeping water from gushing into the sewers when it rains, because when we have heavy rains, it overwhelms the sewer system and we get raw sewage getting dumped into the bay. This is what actually Donald Trump was talking about when he was criticizing San Francisco. Um, but it actually does happen. And so stormwater management is an important feature for us. Efficient indoor lighting goes without saying um, uh, LED lights and so forth. Um, daylight and views, using daylight in buildings, um, in, in our designs of new buildings as much as possible. Windows oriented towards the south, that kind of thing. Um, and building reuse. Um, I'll, I'll go come back to this later, but... Um, building reuse is, is really, um, you, you think of recycling uh, bottles and, and cans and things and paper, but if you can recycle a building, um, there's actually quite a bit of uh, carbon footprint that you're, you're lowering. Um, and use of recycled materials using local materials and regional materials, so it doesn't have to be truck trucked in from far places, burning, uh, burning gasoline and water conservation. So I'm not going to read these. This, this is just a, a, a list of, the, of what's going to be in the bond, some of the projects that are in the bond. But there's several new buildings um, and renovations of some of our oldest buildings. And they go from, it's across the board, a child, a new child care center, um, um, Classrooms for the arts, classrooms for the sciences, um, performance uh, venue, um, and um, you know, all over uh, all over the city too. There's there's um, projects at Civic Center. There's projects in the southeast. But I'm going to I'm going to talk mostly about uh, Ocean Campus here. So this is this is Ocean Campus, uh, a map of Ocean Campus. Um, as it's envisioned, and I guess I'll go to this screen. Um, whoops. Now, what, what, what is showing here is, is the facilities master plan in totality. We've identified um, some $1.2 billion worth of need, um, but um, we're, only, we're going out for $845 million for the first hit. And um, so some of these are projects are not in uh, th this first bond, but a lot of them are. So th this in the middle here are, is, is Science Building, Science Hall, which was the first building. Um, this is Cloud Hall, which I'll talk about. This is this is the uh, Diego Rivera, new Diego Rivera Theater, and this is the new uh, Steam Building. Um, as we call it, the, this will be a child care center and so forth. But one, one of the things we're doing is, is reorienting the walk, the pathways and the walkways. There's going to be um, an orientation that goes like this and like this to make it easier to connect it, connect the campus to the streets, Ocean Avenue here and back here and Frida Kahlo Way used to be Phelan Avenue going this way. So that's, that's really not seen in this uh, uh, picture here, but uh, that is what we're doing. We're also um, building a new bicycle path along here. Um, that's, uh, that project's actually going to start uh, pretty soon um, just to get people, um, just to get people around easier. So other than the new buildings, um, this project um, includes some other upgrades for, um, to help us uh, get into the 21st century. A new physical plant, um, that's, that's the uh, um, um, thing that generates heat for a lot of the buildings that is constantly breaking down. It's uh, probably 1950s technology. 
and um, is, we'll we'll be updating that. We'll have electrical charging stations for for electric cars, the new bike path I, I mentioned, and the reorienting uh, pedestrian paths. Now to get into, I, I'm not going to talk about every project, but just just a few of them. This is the proposed Diego Rivera Theater. Um, we have a current theater that that uh, houses the Diego Rivera mural, um, which is uh, Pan American Unity. It was it was created um, for the Pan Pacific uh, World's Fair, and City College has owned it for for many decades. Um, but it is in an in- inadequate building, and um, is not quite earthquake safe i fear for its safety uh but it will be in this building uh when it is complete um this building will have three theaters of different sizes and different um types oops let me go back there um that will enable us to uh have new credentialed programs things like lighting design set design um uh, and stage management that we just can't do right now because we don't have the facilities. Um, and the interesting thing about this building um, is the heating and cooling. Um, we have a set of geothermal wells dug into the uh, area on that side of uh, Frida Kahlo Way um, that currently heats one of our buildings, one of our newer buildings, the multi-use building. But we will also be um, using it to heat and cool the theater building and possibly this building, which is right next to it. The STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math. (laughs) And um, it's right next to the arts building where we hope to create a synergy with with the arts and the sciences um, and hopefully some interdisciplinary uh, action going on. But this building may also be able to use the geothermal wells, um, which are here. This is this is a map uh, of of uh, the that this half of the campus. This is this is whoa, here we go. Free to call away here. This is ocean, and there are several hundred wells dug in here. And in the basement of the multi-use building, which is here, which currently exists, is the physical plant, which uh, contains lots of pipes, um, but a, a big, uh, 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 what is it called? A heat, uh, heat pump, a giant heat pump uh, that moves the air. Uh, around and currently uh, this building is is uh, uses it and our other buildings will as well okay all right uh, let me just 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 wrap up here um, um, so the, the the greenest buildings you can have really are buildings that you don't tear down and put into uh, into waste uh, areas but buildings that you renovate. So um, these are two buildings that we're going to be renovating on the main campus. Science Hall, which is the first building at City College, 1937, uh, needs sidetrack retrofit, needs uh, hands-on, needs new updated uh, labs and whatnot. Um, and Cloud Hall. Cloud Hall was built in 1954. Whoops, there it is. Um, and is considered our worst Building from the people who work in it and and take classes in it, uh, I, we'll, everyone will agree. So this is a rendering of the new revitalized proposed cloud hall with um, an area of seating on away from the wind um, for a gathering space. Um, new elevators to make it accessible. Looks like there's some solar panels here. Um, but I'm excited as, as far as green building goes about this project because it takes an old building that um, was slated to be torn down and reuses it and will make it uh, a LEED certified building. And finally, um, um, Cloud Hall, we're working in partnership with LEED Lab, which is a group that um, um, works with students. And the way the program will 
they'll they'll come in and our students will work on the lead uh, certification of the building itself. So the students they get the credentials to be a lead green associate. They to train them to be lead certifiers, and then the building gets to be a lead building. So that's some of the things we're doing, and I'll I'll turn it over to Ann. <clears throat> Ann Clark, Chair of the Environment and Natural Resources Member-Led Forum. You are listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Our program tonight is City College of San Francisco, Engineering, Architecture, Technology, and the Environment. Our speakers tonight are Keith Mueller, whom you'll hear from just now, and his department chair of the engineering department at City College, and John Rizzo, who's the board of trust with the board of trustees at City College. So let's hear from Keith and all of the wonderful things he has to share with us. Thank you, John, for your presentation. Uh, good evening. My name is Keith Mueller. Uh, I'm the chair of the engineering and technology department at City College of San Francisco. Uh, we're going to go from the global thing, what John was talking about, how we're envisioning City College in the future, and I'm going to start getting down uh, to some of the details. Uh, one thing that we have at City College for our students is we have a sustainability certificate, and actually we're very proud because we just have it now, a certificate of achievement. And this particular uh, sustainability uh, achievement certificate is shared between a number of departments. So I'm the chair of the engineering department. It's also shared with our sciences and also biology uh, upstairs. And uh, it's really an interesting, uh, very uh, dynamic uh, group that's all come together. And some of the handouts that we're passing out today is sort of illustrating all the different classes and all the different things that you could be taking for a sustainability certificate. Um, and so that's one thing that uh, I'm very proud of that we're that we're trying to implement at the college. Uh, sustainability is a very difficult uh, subject in one sense. It's that if you already have pre-existing houses, certainly in San Francisco, it's hard to become sustainable once they're already there. Um, and if you want to make a building sustainable, it's again hard to come from some place that's already been built to something that's much more uh, effective and much more environmentally friendly. So the Echo Center over at uh, Heron's Head Park, and that's also a handout that I'm passing out, uh, is a very sustainable building. It's a really good example of the best you can do. It is LEED Platinum. I think our MUB Center, it's LEED Gold, certainly gold. gold certified. And the difference is, and it's a very interesting difference, is that when you go to the Echo Center, I mean, the only connection it has with the city is that it comes, there's just water going into the center. Everything else is powered by solar power, uh, wastewater, you've, you, it's split up into gray water, which spills out, uh, which is, goes into the land that's around the echo center. Black water is then filtered uh, through three different uh, systems. Uh, then it too goes around the echo center. Uh, it's really self-sufficient, and that's why it's basically platinum. Um, and so you're trying to strive for that, and it's really good to illustrate for students, and I recommend going there. I illustrate to students, you know, this is the best you can do. This is the best. And so it's important not just for, you know, our students, but I think for everybody in the city of San Francisco to understand, you know, you can retrofit your house. You can make it cleaner. You can make it more environmentally friendly. Now, again, from my point of view, I'm a, you know, an, engin an engineer. I'm thinking a, a lot of alternative energy. I think we can put more solar panels on roofs. I think there's wind that we have, certainly have going through the college. We can harness that. Uh, but really with the environment, there's other things that are just as important, and that's water. Um, having water uh, that's clean water that's going to your home or, or building is going to be really, uh, really important and desirable. And we have to keep that updated. Um, so when I was also researching you know, what we we're going to be talking about today in sustainability, I also wanted to think about, I think, city sustainability, not just our own homes here, but as a city. Uh, and I was thinking also this morning as we're, as I was in, in, in my office is that, you know, we're kind of like an island here in San Francisco. There's two bridges and we get all of our water that's coming in from uh, the southern part. And in reality, we only own, if you 
read the PUC reports. You know, only maybe about a third of it because it also has to be distributed down to Peninsula and also down to San Jose. And so it's really kind of important that not just, again, from my point of view, from, from the energy standpoint, because I like solar panels, but we really need to be very concerned about water and the amount of water that we have uh, to work with here and to live uh, uh, in the city. So that to that end, City College, we, we love training students. We love training people in sustainability and engineering and hands-on work. And I really would like to see more along the lines of students being involved with sustainability and one part of the campus that's not part of our campus, but you know, currently right now, I think it's the idea is putting housing in there is we still have a reservoir that's next to the campus. And again, I was looking into a little research onto this. And in the city, we only really have only four days of water if there was an earthquake happened and we actually have no, you know, no pumps running. I mean, that's all that we have, truly. And if you really take into account that the water that supposedly goes to San Francisco also has to be distributed down the valley um, towards San Jose, really only it's almost like a day. That's really to us. So we really need to be very concerned about water, and especially if we have a reservoir nearby. And there was a – actually just recently there was a civil suit uh, brought on because – Simply, the fire department was very worried, actually retired uh, fire marshals. They were very worried that we do not have enough water in the emergency water system. Um, now, I'm a San Franciscan. I, I grew up in the city, and I'm from Crocker, Amazon, south part, of the, south part of the town. And, you know, you, you probably need to start thinking about maybe you know, we shouldn't be worried about an earthquake right now. Maybe we should be worried about more like a forest fire because we're packed in here very, very densely, and it wouldn't take much. For if you have a wind going through the city, uh, as we've known winds right now, it wouldn't take much for a block to go up. And if you start looking at the amount of water that we have around the city, down the southern part, there's not enough water at all, especially for the high uh, pressure lines that the that the um, that the uh, engines use for fighting uh, the line fighting fires that are inside uh, city blocks. So. Maybe it would be wise to not necessarily do homes in that one little section. Maybe it would be wiser to put in some, actually, a re reservoir in there and actually have something where there is water that could be that could be um, uh, used. Now, I'm not against homes. I mean, if you if you really look at it, we are, there's like 40,000 new units planned for the city. It's just that if you do the calculation at 42 gallons per household, that's another 8 million gallons that we need per day which is about 11% increase. And if we are going to go up with 11% increase, it's going to be very, uh, you got to be very careful here because we could easily uh, be making it very hard to live here, especially in our island uh, after an earthquake happens. So those are the kind of things I want you to kind of think about. But at the same time, it's really important for all of our students at the college to be hands-on and to understand you know, the sustainability of not just the, the microcosm of, you know, a small home. And you can do it in your house, right? But think of it as in a global scale, right? Think of it as much larger than just what we have in the city. And we can make all the buildings green. We can really do fantastic things with, with new buildings. But how will we retrofit old buildings? How will we keep everyone safe? Uh, those are the kind of things I want you to think about. Uh, and so I think it probably concludes my section here. Thank you. You are listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Learn about our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live for any of our 500 programs each year. You can find us online at commonwealthclub.org. Now back to our program. Uh, this is Ann Clark, Chair of the Environment and Natural Resources Member-Led Forum. You're listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Our program tonight is City College of San Francisco, Engineering, Architecture, Technology, and the Environment. With Keith Mueller, Department Chair of Engineering, City College of San Francisco, John Rizzo, Board of Trustees, San Francisco, City College of San Francisco, and we're at that time for our audience questions, and I think we have a number of audience questions. We have some very interesting questions. 
So let's uh, get to our questions. And uh, if you have a special question you want to ask one of our uh, people, that's fine. Or both can respond, however you feel about it. So just raise your hand. And what we're going to do first is ask the questions. And then as we go on, let's see how many of us have some more questions. How's that? What is the status of the ecosystem and City College? Oh, there are a lot of questions on this one. (laughs) What is our connection to, is that the Eco Center and Reckon Park and the port? So that's the first question. Um, We'll ask both of you to have an answer to that. I think currently what... What I'm understanding from the, we used to teach classes out at the at the uh, Heron's Head Park at the at the Echo Center, and the problem was with gear, and with the port, um, because if you wanted to go out and teach, we wanted to bring in our our equipment, but where to store it? But they didn't want to store it for us. I think there was that's where it was going to be uh, a difficult. Um, it was a difficulty in who who controlled the space. Of it, um, that's why I do mention it, and I don't. I, it's a great place. It's just the problem is just, you know, bringing it out there. It would be nicer. Again, this is only my personal thing, but it would be nicer if, again, that's far out. It's, that's right off of the, the what the Indian Basin. It's really far out. If it was closer to the college, if it was part of the plan, if we could put it in Lower Reservoir, even. I mean, it would be nicer for the students to see. Right there, and also, I mean, from if you're on Mount Davidson, you look right down at it. You could see uh, here's a perfect echo center. Here's a beautiful building. This is what you should be trying to do. I mean, I would again want to illustrate that because it's very difficult to drive far out to some place. So, another question: There is info on improvement for bikes and electric cars. What are our improvements for public transit? And for that one, John, I'm going to go to you first. Well, we're not we're not in control of of uh, public transit, but um, we um, we have talked about uh, the possibility of creating our own shuttle service. Um, other other colleges, UC um, UCSF has a shuttle, um, uh, so that's something we've we're we're talking about. Um, we're also um, uh, working with talking with Muni and Bart um, about what can be done. Um, uh, in the audience here is Trustee Thea Selby, who's been working uh, with Muni to try to get um, a class pass for our students, um, and that's that's great work. And. Uh, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I, I think there's some issues that, that, that the city could help us with. For instance, on Fritikala Way, there are four traffic lights from end to end, four traffic lights. And, um, you know, if you're ever on, on a bus going through that, it takes a long time to go through those four traffic lights, just that one little stretch of, of road. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's something that should be looked at, at el- maybe eliminating some of those lights as well. I think I may just add is that <clears throat> not just necessarily create our own shuttle service, but we could share a shuttle service with UCSF. Sure. And that would be easy enough. They already have the buses. Yeah. I mean, we could just say, could we please, you know, use a bus if we need to transport somebody around? That would be easier. It's a possibility. Yeah, that would be easier. Um, we are thankful that CCSF are embedding requirements for sustainability throughout all bond projects. What can we do to help the community better understand how important these projects are? Wow, um, that's a great question. Um, uh, I think uh, you can just tell people, tell your friends um, <laughs> how important these are. Um, I mean, th- these these are, are projects that, um, uh, e- even if they weren't, you know, green, were would be, you know, needed, highly needed for our students and and for the public safety. But um, the exciting part really is is that they are green and they they are um, going to be lowering our carbon footprint. So you know, just just. Just talk to people and tell people. Tell your friends. Direct them. We'll, we'll, at some point, there'll be a website for um, 
for the campaign, which there isn't yet, but uh, um, you can direct people to that as well. No, I don't. I, I'm, I was just going to agree, really, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, it's we're an education institution, so we're just have to. We constantly are telling people, our students, and what it's what it means to be green, and that's part of the instructional process, really. Uh, another question that we have from the audience is: How long will it be before the PA PAC uh, PAEC? Is that what the initials we're using? PAC, which is the Performing Arts Education Center building. So how long will it be before the Performing Arts Education Center building is built? Um, so that's one of them. Let's start with that one. Okay. Well, that uh, that project is what what I was calling the Diego Rivera Theater. Uh, it's been it's been reconfigured and so it, it got a new name, but that is actually the first building uh, on the bucket list that that will be uh, will be built, and I think um, do twenty twenty three is that about twenty twenty three yeah is when it, we expect an opening date for that. It's actually it's been uh, voted on. I mean, if you actually look at. Uh, in history, history, I mean, we've had already started kicking it off. So it's been around for quite some time. It's just going to be very exciting to actually finish it. Um, that's really something to look forward to. I, I actually have a confession about that. I was at City College in 2004 when we started on the what is now the Performing Arts Center building. And we are now in 2019. Yes. So even, <laughs> even though I may be awfully slow, it does seem, and there were plans. There were a lot of plans, and they were good plans, and people supported it. So yeah. I wanted, I want to get out of the problem of the <laughs> fact that I didn't, I didn't slow down. But somehow this has been going very slow for a very long time. And yeah. um, that's just my personal, and I'll tell the audience, that's just my personal opinion since I was there and looking at all the wonderful things we had already done for a performing arts center. So let me go from the, com from the performing arts center back to the Commonwealth Club. What is the proposal for the city to correct an inequities posed by districts 1, 4, 7, and 11? Let's start with that one. Uh, John? Well, I I really don't know. I, uh, the, it's a question about what the city uh, would do, because I I'm, don't follow really what, what the city does. Um, if you talk, yeah. Is this talking about the, the water requirements? Because okay. it goes on to say, having so few miles of HP... Um, high pressure. Oh, high pressure. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Pipelines and cisterns. So what's, what's happened, and again, I was reading into this, was what happened is that after the 1906 earthquake, after the 1906 earthquake, uh, immediately after... Uh, uh, engineers and the planners of the city decided we were going to have a high-pressure water system that was separate from the water supply, and that was going to be used for fires. Because there's two, we have, when you're going to put out a fire, you got to put a lot of water on it, and you do not want to have it at a very low pressure. You want to put you know, a very high-pressure supply on it. So we have actually two separate systems inside the city. One's just for drinking water, and one's high-pressure for putting out fires. But after the 1906 earthquake, this system was located just to the north of Twin Peaks and the south part of the city, it wasn't developed. And right. so what uh, many supervisors have realized, and this is also with the PUC as well, is that Sunset District and the southern part, Sun, uh, um, uh, uh, Sunset and Sunnydale and also uh, Excelsior and where I'm from, Crocker Amazon, have <clears throat> no high-pressure water systems. And so it's low-pressure and you cannot put out fires. Uh, it's not that you can't, you don't have enough pressure to do so. And in order to remedy that, you need to have more water down there and also more pressure. And so that sort of ties into what I sort of said before. Be very careful if you are thinking of putting houses in the one reservoir that's in the southern part of the city. 
that reservoir could be used as actually still an aquifer, and it now is closer to the end of the city. Uh, and if you use it as a, a, a high-pressure system, then we can safely put out fires down. There's a, there's only one line that barely loops around, like I think around to the north of City College. That's about it, nothing else. So you got to be very careful um, uh, in the southern part. And supervisors realize this. The PUC realizes this. And so uh, a lot of, uh, um, I would say, um, firefighters, former uh, marshals, have been asking, why aren't we doing this? We should be spending really money on making sure that we're all safe. Uh, And that's going to be, you're going to hear more of it. And I'm going to take that stand, too, because I kind of want the entire city, as the island that we are, I want the whole city to be safe. And part of that sustainability is all of us together uh, be safe equally. And so I think that's what I think that's what that question means. Does the proposal to take away the lower reservoir reservoir area used for parking pose a major threat to districts which apparently would need this area in the event of a devastating earthquake or fire? What are some solutions to this threat? We'll start with John. Um, does the development so the the the, the lower reservoir, as it's called, which is the western part uh, of the city college parking lot, is owned by the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, and they are planning to develop it and and put housing there. And that process is going on now. So the question has to do with does does that the fact that that's being developed um, have anything impact our our emergency, uh, I guess, preparedness or or, or, or something like that. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, that's a good question. Um, it, it wasn't. We did it. We did a safety um, study a, a few years ago uh, that didn't mention that, but it, that was not really, uh, I don't think, um, inclusive to, to cover that kind of thing. So I, I don't know um, if it does or not. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, I think <clears throat> I'm thinking that it does, and I think— How would it affect—how would it uh, affect it just, it just puts, emergency preparedness? You're now looking at—we're in sort of a new era. I mean, you're going to say, hey, that, that reservoir has been there forever. Nobody ever filled it up. It's, you know, it's been there for a long time. PG&E has also been here forever. And suddenly we're now turning off the power. And now for the foreseeable future, we're now going to be turning off the power, turning off the power, turning off the power. And pumps need power in order to pump water. And if you don't have any water supply on hand, you're going to be at, at a sort of at a risk. And if you and if you're going to be pumping, you know, water in every, it's like it's going to be safe. We'll always be pumping water from Crystal Springs up into San Francisco. But hey, Eugenie's turning off the power, <laughs> which we thought would never happen. But now I think we're going to be seeing. I, I think we should pause for a bit and just take a look at this because you're going to be starting to see that it's not going to be. If we just you know put a lot of housing again, I don't housing in parts of the city. That's fine. Just that's one spot is is kind of necessary, I think, for a general survival and sustainable for all of us to be sustainable. So that's where I'm pausing it. I, yeah. think, it's, I think we should, do, you know, still think about this just a bit more. Because again, I thought I never knew we were going to have these rolling blackouts, and nobody did. Nobody said, thought for the foreseeable future it's going to be like this. So. Our next question um, is: How will the bonds be funded? Well, there there'll be general there uh, general obligation bonds funded by um, property tax, a pretty standard way of of uh, financing uh, school facilities. Keith, oh, I, that's, I would assume it's a very similar way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They'll they'll, they'll um you know the the projects will take a long time to complete so. We're not, you know, the taxpayers won't see this hit all in one year. It'll it'll be spread out over, you know, ten or fifteen years, something like that. Uh, the, the bonds will be sold as, um, you know, as these, as the projects are are 
already. So um, it, it'll be kind of like a rolling, uh, rolling set of projects over a number of years. Do you have any sense of how long this will be ta- will take? It's it's a uh, the first phase is a ten year plan, so uh, it, it could take ten years. Uh, it could take longer. Um, then 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 there's a second phase, and hopefully both phases will take fifteen years. That, that's I think what we're contemplating. Okay. But the first few buildings w- w- with within five years from now. Um, within four years from now, we'll we'll start to see uh, facilities that we'll be able to use. Yeah, it's a different system. I think we're uh, we're doing a. It's, it's well, I think it's probably coming from the state. But there's a more of a fast tracking system uh, that's now in place. So things are moving along because I'm. We're already having committee <coughs> meetings about the STEM uh, steam building, and um, and so it's it's you're already looking at classroom size. You're already looking at space. You're looking at where things are going to be located at. But then again, also other colleges have already have, you know, the same type of room. So there many architects will say, well, we already designed something this way. And there it is. So it's, it's, it can go a little faster. You're not designing something completely from scratch. So they still require, um, uh, approval by the Department of the State Architecture, which can take a year to 18 months for each project. Um, the, the schools are, are required to do that. School, any building at a community college or, or a school or, or any, any college is actually um, has to be built to higher earthquake standards than most other buildings. And so it require it has this this long a- approval process in in the place. The 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 if there's an earthquake, the the school buildings will be the ones that are that are standard. And if if standing, I mean, and if 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 people need shelter, the school buildings are where people will go. But it, it requires a pretty pretty long process for of approval. How do you uh, think the people of San Francisco are going to look at this probably long, uh, drawn-out bonds that they are going to have to face? Um, that's really a, a double st- <laughs> double thought. How about, Keith, can you think about that? Well, it's difficult because you want to, be, you want to see <clears throat> uh, you know, progress, and that's... The most difficult thing about any bond that you're going to be placing in front of the in front of the voters, um, you want to see that something's something's happening with it. And if you vote for a bond and you don't see it, or it suddenly like disappears, or too much, right? That's <laughs> then you're not sure. So that's the difficult thing. That's a difficult sell. Yes. Well, our our poll shows that there's there's pretty strong support for. Um, for this bond and for these projects, people are 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 uh, very interested in seeing um, our buildings become safe and seismic, seismically upgraded. They're interested in seeing, um, you know, better classrooms for students, 21st century classrooms, to uh, you know enable students to um, uh, get trained in in the uh, the current fields for you know the the for high paying jobs. So uh, uh, I, I think, you know, the enough of these projects will be rolling out um, over time that there will be enough for people to see. It's not like people will be waiting 10 years before they see anything. And I think they will see good results um, fairly quickly within four or five years. So. Uh, this question <clears throat> is a bit different. How is CCSF collaborating with Muni and BART to reduce emissions? Well, basically, to get to get people um, to use Muni and Bart, um, we're we're giving them input on um, on the service that they provide to City College. We're giving them suggestions on how to make the service better. We've offered Muni, um, for instance, space uh, if they want it, uh, pull out space on Phelan Avenue on our land if they want to make dedicated. You know, if they want to change the bus stops to reconfigure them, 
um, we'll give them that that land um, if they want to pull the buses out or not. I mean, it's up to me. So those are the kind of the talks that we're having with Muni right now. Um, we we really and and about the four stoplights as well. Um, we want to improve bus service so that people people more people can take it so that it's faster and. Um, um, the same with BART. The, 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 with BART, it's it's more about um, uh, pedestrian access, pedestrian safety, that kind of thing. There is info on improvement for bikes and electric cars. Where are our improvements for public transit? John, John what would you like to speak to before we wind up? I, I, I'll, I'll just say in, uh, that I'm... Um, I'm really excited about this this uh, this this bond. Um, it brings t- together my two great two things I'm most enthusiastic about: the the environment um, and higher education. We're going to do it, and I think we're going to be uh, we're going to turn out to be a leader in the state of California on this kind of thing. Well, I'm always very excited seeing our students going out there and, and getting jobs. I'm very excited that they're going to be, you know, doing, basically doing change uh, for the world. And I'm excited that they're doing it for in San Francisco, because I'm a very proud San Franciscan. And it's going to be really fantastic that, yeah, we will be leading. We already do, but we can keep on furthering that lead and showing off the rest of the world, you know, how to live in a very sustainable and how to live in a very safe manner. Uh, this is Ann Clark, Chair of the Environment and Natural Resources Member-Led Forum. You are listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Our program tonight is City College of San Francisco, Engineering, Architecture, Technology, and the Vi- Environment, with Keith Mueller, Department Chair, Engineering, City College of San Francisco, and John Rizzo, Board of Trustees, City College of San Francisco. This has really been a wonderful program, and I want to thank the audience with the very good uh, questions that you had and also giving us more information from you about what we're looking at in terms of now and in the future. So first of all, I want to give a big hand plate for the audience that we have tonight. (laughs) And let's have a big thank you and applause for our speakers, Keith Mueller and Don Rizzo. (laughs) 